Carol Ofori, East Coast Radio. Get on the ground now. Get on the ground. Get on the ground now. Get on the ground. Get on the ground now. Taser. 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 On the evening of the 14th of April 2021, a 29-year-old man from KwaZulu-Natal in South Africa, Lindani Mieni, died after being shot multiple times by police officers in Honolulu, Hawaii. As you're about to hear, the officers only announced themselves as police after firing shots at the husband and father of two small children in the dark. It was alleged the police officers thought the unarmed Lindani was a burglar after receiving a 911 call from a distressed woman. Now, when the police finally arrived, Lindani had already apologized to the residents and was walking away. He said he's Lindan. He said South Africa. Do you know who he is personally? Do you know this man? I know him. What is he wearing? What color is his clothes? It's a black, black T-shirt. So what does he look like? Is he white? Is he black? Is he Asian? He's, he's black. Okay. Officers are on the way. I just need you to answer some questions. Does he have any weapons in his hands, like guns, knife, bat, stick? No, he says some salvers. I don't know what he means. Okay, officers are officers are on the way there. Just stay on the phone for a minute, okay? Okay. News watch. A local rugby club says it's been left heartbroken and shocked following the sudden death of former player Lindani Mieni. Members of the Jaguars have asked that the body of the 29-year-old father from Richards Bay be repatriated to South Africa. Despite evidence that many would argue would be to the contrary, a Honolulu prosecutor ruled the fatal shooting of Lindani Mieni was justified and no charges were laid against the police officers in question. And... After hearing that his widow, Lindsay, was still in a long battle with South African Home Affairs to gain permanent citizenship in South Africa, I simply had to invite her to East Coast Radio for a chat. I wanted to know, among other things, why was she so adamant to never go back home again? While waiting for Lindsay to arrive, I left the studio to see if I could find her at reception. And as I did that, I saw a gorgeous little girl in the passage clutching onto her milk bottle. I didn't have to look anywhere else to know that Lindsay Mieni had arrived at East Coast Radio. I immediately saw Lindani in this beautiful little one-year-old girl's face. I knew it had to be his daughter. And then I looked up and saw an exhausted-looking blonde woman who said, Ah, you must be Carol. Um, I'm not doing great. Yeah? <laughs> I'm kind of exhausted, I'll be yeah. honest. Yeah. Exhausted. Is this yeah. all because of the, the, the journey you've been on over the past year? Yes, it's the journey I've been on the past year. It's the last week with Home Affairs and just that negative result on Monday mm. um, as far as being denied and banned. Ooh, it's so it's exhausting. officially being banned? Yeah, so um, apparently when you do a relative's visa and they say no, they don't just say no, they also ban you for five years. So... I, I wouldn't have even applied this way if I knew that that was a possibility. Right. Yeah. So what does that mean on the ground? Does that mean you have to leave? Um, so they give you 10 days to either appeal or 
leave the country and get banned for five years. So obviously, I'm very scared about getting banned. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't want that. I wouldn't wish that on anybody. Yeah. So I chose the appeal route, right. which we just, I just drove to Joburg on Monday to do, and then just drove back, and then just drove down to Durban. So All right. it's been a busy week for. Sure, that that is exhausting. Yeah. I mean, that drive to Joburg is yeah. a long one. And then Donnie's Gogo just passed away on, um, so her funeral was Saturday. So we just came from Manguzi, so it was like a nine hour. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So it's been quite a year for you, mm. a heavy year. Heavy. Um, for those of you listening, you'll hear a little bumping, a little moving around. That's because uh, Lindsay's little daughter's here, um, and she came with her. We obviously won't be showing you any footage of baby, but just so you understand what the sounds are, we have a little person. He's some ooing googie, gaga, it's the baby <laughs> in the room. I mean, Lindsay, it's been like a year now since that day, mm-hmm. and I can, I can only imagine just you speaking about it, you have to take breaths. How do you feel about... Um, the possibility of now going back? I'm scared. Scared for who my kids will become after five years in America versus five the next five years here. Mm. Um, we had decided to raise our kids as Zulu kids, though I'm from America. We, um, To some point, if you're in an intercontinental marriage, you need to make some decisions on how to raise the kids. Right. Yeah, baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... Uh, we had chosen mostly Zulu um, as far as our cultural traditions and what we do. Um, so we'd be losing the language. And um, and Sizo Kaisa speaks Isi Zulu. Nandi's learning. She's only one, almost two. So we'd be losing the language. That's that's one huge thing. And family and friends. And just five years away from the grave just sounds, I don't even want to think of it. Mm. Yeah, from, from everyone. Even now, if I have a grief wave or one of those days, I just know I can go to people who love him and are close to him and just get a hug from them. That means so much to me versus if I'm overseas, I'm not going to have that. Right. Yeah. The emotional support. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, obviously stop me. I don't, I don't want to at any point cross over anything. I mm-hmm. want you to be comfortable. Whatever mm-hmm. you share, you should be comfortable to share with me. Are you comfortable at all visiting that day? Uh, I'm not, but okay. I, I will. All right. Yeah. Share what you're comfortable sharing that day, what happened, um, um, and what you recall. Um, it's hard to recap because it is really painful, but it does feel like yesterday. I just remember I woke up that morning, um, and he didn't come home the night before, which, I mean, I was I was really worried, but I just prayed about it before I fell asleep, and I was like, I just remember, my, I think my last text to him was like, babe, just tell me you're okay. You know, because whatever reason you're not home right now, just tell me you're okay. And my last picture was a, I sent him a picture of dinner. Dinner's ready. And that was right after he had called me and said he's almost home. So then that morning, I, I oh, and then I just prayed. I was like, you know, God, what do I do? I feel so stressed. And I'm just home alone with the two kids. I just put put them down to sleep. So, yeah, I just I just felt God say, no, just go to bed. Just go to bed. I woke up that next morning. I saw actually a Facebook message from my my uh, old lifeguarding colleague, and she's a cop now, and she's like, tell me that's not your husband's name I just saw. And oh I was like, gosh. hey, yeah, it's very painful. Eh? And um, she said, involved in a shooting. And I was like, a shooting? He doesn't even have a gun. Why would he be involved in a shooting? And then, yeah, the next few hours was us just going to different hospitals trying to see if he was shot or if he was okay, what happened. And um, there was... No, no information. So we went to Queen Emma Hospital, and that's where we we found um, 
uh, an investigator just said, wait there. And I was like, Ashley, if he's saying wait there, that's not going to be good information. Why would mm. you say wait there? And at the hospital, they said they hadn't seen him. Um, they didn't tell me that they received his body already earlier the night before. So, yeah. Um, I had found out they had four shots in him within 18 minutes of me getting off the phone with him. So to me, there's Jeez. nothing you could justify. If, I, if you know your husband, you can't make up stories and tell me anything. So I already know who that man was, so you can't just make up something. Yeah. yeah. So um, the new evidence since then is that um, they confirmed that he actually was shot first before he ever touched anyone. Right. It's such a long story. Story It takes like oh, an hour to say. Mm, mm. But yeah, it's still very painful and very fresh. Yeah. yeah. We just did his unveiling now. Um, here in Last Pisa. month. Yeah, a yeah, few few weeks ago, actually. Yeah, here here in Escovini. Yeah. Sure, it sounds extremely heavy. And I, I, I believe you were living in Honolulu at the time. Yeah, I'm from I'm from Hawaii, Hawaii in Honolulu. Um and so it was kind of like, wow, I'd lived in his township for over three years and yeah. never w- had any harm or f- like always felt loved and welcomed, mm. felt Ubuntu. But then he was only there three months and was killed. Like that's the opposite of Aloha that they also have, which is similar to Ubuntu. So now being sent back there, it just gives me... How do you feel about that? I read in an article that sparked me asking my producer, Rory, to please hunt you down. I need to see you. I need to speak to you. Yeah. Um, I read in the article that, uh, you know, for you, this has been quite a a journey. And I know the king has also stepped in Mm. and written a letter hoping that uh, you can stay. Yeah. Yeah. So King Misuzulu, um, I met him and um, he wrote me a letter just to say, please give her citizenship. Um, They gave that to Department of Home Affairs twice, actually, Mm -hmm. and still nothing has um, they've I can't say nothing has been done because they did have the spokesperson reach out to me. Mm. But it doesn't take away any of the long lengthy red tape which is taking years yeah so for knowing if you're accepted in a country not being able to open a bank account mm. like a f- wi-fi a, f- a phone contract like you're like not really fully you can't work i can't work here there's just so much sorry nandi oh what happened Baba? <laughs> oh shame give it to mommy let her come now we'll, we'll, we'll stop recording for now got a fright what happened? Come, go to mom. No, you must have hurt yourself or something. That's not usually for shame. I think that that oh, that What's does wrong? spin around. Could have What's clipped wrong? a little finger. Did you pinch you? No. Let me see. It might be the chair. Let me see. Really? Yeah, that chair. If you spin it, it can. Maybe we should have it down. Sorry. Let's get a bottle there, my friend. Thank you. There we go. Here's your bottle. Oh, shame. So we were talking about the king. Shame, Nandi, you okay, mama? She is so cute. She looks a lot like her daddy. Hey, so much. <laughs> she looks a lot like her papa. I can't even imagine what it's like for you, Lindsay. Like, you just signed up to be a wife with a family. And today you're sitting with two kids, fighting cases. Um, fighting for citizenship. What, what's what's that been like? You did say you're exhausted, but I'm just curious as to like how what keeps you going. Like what says yeah. keep going because it's a lot. You're going mm. through a lot. I think I just don't have an option. Like your heart just keeps beating and your lungs just keep. I mean, you, you're producing oxygen. You're just you keep going because your body keeps going. But then mm. honestly, there's a lot of times you feel like 
when is it my turn to go be wherever he is, you know? Mm. And that's such a harsh thing to say, but it's the reality when you lose someone you're so close to, you wonder, when will I see them again, you know? Mm. And I definitely think having kids is the biggest blessing. I did not know how I would cope if I didn't have them. Yeah. Um, yeah. They are absolutely beautiful, your kids. And then I guess the next thing I'll say is I know that before he died, he wanted to do so many things for KZN and for where, mm -hmm. he, was, where he grew up. Um, how are those projects coming along? Yeah, he was definitely a, a leader in the community and um, in his circles. And um, so that's why I started the Lindati Mian Foundation. I'm still busy registering it as an NPO officially. And I want to register it as well overseas so people can donate either side. Right. Um, very beginning stages. Yeah. But um, that'll be the next step. It's just every time one of these things happens, like uh, something with citizenship or something with the case, mm. kind of drops you back down to survival mode. Yeah. Where you now you're just scattering to know, am I even in this country? Do I need to buy a bunch of groceries or am I packing my whole house in like five days left? Mm. <laughs> mm. Mm. This whole year and a half I've been waiting. I can't go home for funerals and I have lost a friend I would have gone home for. I can't go home for weddings or anything. So um, you really put your life on pause while you're in the middle the processes wow. so now I'm again on pause um, for they say six months up to sorry six weeks up to ten months then yeah. I'll hear back on the appeal but possibly sooner if if the minister answers his phone <laughs> right right so what other options did you have if you, you, you said earlier if you had if you had known this route would have ended in being banned possibly being banned what happens like what was the, the other option the other option was to go back to America instead of changing my visa, visitors visa into a relatives visa I could have gone back to America and done it from there which they say is quicker oh. however I, I don't think I could have done that to be honest because the I trauma. wasn't okay to go back I the was it's, it's traumatic now I'm scared to go back and you haven't been back since you came I've never been days. back and um, I feel like PTSD when I see police officers of course and I don't even watch any shows that have shooting or anything because yeah. it just feels very real. Mm. Um, so at landing at the airport, I know it's nothing but full of police officers and TSA and what what. So um, just going back, I'm and that cop is still free with a gun. He's still a cop. So it just makes me feel like almost stupid to go back. Like mm. like like a person who was raped walking back in the rapist's house. Right. Like why would I go to your room when right. I just you just told me you're not safe and you kill black people. My kids are black there. Yeah. So Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. This baby speaking. Wow. And your family back in, in Honolulu, do you have a relationship with them? Um, I do. Um but my my dad moved away and my brother moved away for work. So we're um I'm I'm close to my brother. I'm really close to my brother. Yeah, he's in San Francisco right now, though. Okay. Yeah, but as far as cousins, aunties, uncles, they're still in Hawaii. Right. Yeah, but <coughs> nobody even expects me to go back. I was actually surprised. I thought they'd be pushing me to go back more. Yeah. But actually, it's the opposite. They're like, take your time, don't rush it, because they yeah. know how traumatizing it was. And what's the mood there? I mean, is the story still something that's being kept in the media there? No. Or have people moved on? Because all we have, of course, is the perspective that we see. Um, mm. on the on the on the TV when a, a black person's killed in America mm. it just seems like something so rife you mm. know that even as a South African if an opportunity came to work as a black person with black children in America it's something I'd literally have to be turning a lot to make that yes decision I mm. don't think it's something that would come naturally yeah knowing what I know having a black son Yes. You know, especially. Mm. Um, what is the mood there in Holland? Do people still care? Do people talk about it? Do people think you were done wrong? 
Um, I think the regular, regular everyday today people do feel I was done wrong mm-hmm. and do um, want to know how they could help mm. and still feel like, wow, you're a single mom now. That's so hard to live off of. Mm. Um, but I think it was out in the news rather quickly um, because things are kind of political there. Just as there's corruption and stuff here, there's also corruption there. Mm. And um, people love the police force and the military, and they also hate them. Mm. So it's kind of like, love I don't want to... Uh, compare your guys' political parties, but it's kind of like we love you, but we absolutely hate you. Like mm. there's a there's a big divide in the own in my own country in my own state. So it just plays into that. And the Black Lives Matter movement is not often okay. There's a whole group of people who would say we don't even see what you're saying as Black Lives Matter. We just see oh, but why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? You're doing mm. it wrong, mm. you know. Versus the actual fact that Black people are just saying don't kill us. Mm. Just don't kill us. Um, I guess my follow-up question is, you know, I've seen the videos, I've seen the news reports. That family, that couple that Mm -hmm. made that call Mm. that night, have they ever been in contact with you? Have they ever said anything? No, and uh, my lawyers, uh, what's the word when you summon them? I think they summoned them, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And did an uh, interview with them, which they'll use in the case, I believe. Um, They, he said they had no remorse at all. Wow. None. So that was really disheartening. I also feel like I have to get over some PTSD with with China and Chinese people now mm. um, because everything that happens, it comes in waves. Now it's cops. Now it's this. Now it's that. And mm. and um, I, I, I love my fellow people of all cultures. So when you get scarred by a certain group you, or group or person, you start to feel like, oh, it's the whole group that feels that way when it's really 100%. not. Um, yeah, I just I didn't like the whole narrative because also they look local like they're from there mm-hmm. if you just looked at a picture right because um, hawaii is full of asian different types of asian ethnicities mm. so right. yeah and then obviously an african is very rare in hawaii like maybe one percent so yeah. most people have never talked to a black person face to face they've never had dinner with a black person that's so unfortunate yeah. that's so unfortunate really really so unfortunate so Lindsay, i guess as we as we wrap up this conversation what do you say you know to people who've been supporting you, people who've been following your story. People like me, I was following your story. From the moment this happened, it was international news, and it was just the most horrifically bizarre story. Mm. You know, how this innocent man and the way he was treated, Mm -hmm. it was just horrifically bizarre. Yeah. What do you say to people who've been following you and just been supporting you and really want the best for you? Yeah, I really, I actually really appreciate the support and that you guys have been, um, even that you guys reached out to contact me today. Um, um, The support has been overwhelming and I will maintain that. I've been to over 30 countries and most people are good everywhere you go. Most people are good and have good hearts. Um, And this even makes me question, are are there evil people in the world? I still don't think so. Mm. No, I I actually don't think so. As, As evil as this act was, for such a good man, a family man, a noble man to be murdered for no reason mm. other than your mood at that moment. I mean, it is really bizarre. Mm. And you don't think these things will happen to you. So I'm even listening to you talk about it when you're first speaking. I'm like, oh, I'm that person now. I'm yeah. the one that's like yeah. I'm considered a widow of someone. You know, I just everything's very upfront to me not um to so to hear it big picture like that is kind of crazy but yeah thank you guys to everyone and even um i do see efforts made from even sierra oza from the spokesperson from home affairs it uh, he's making an effort it's just it just all points to the fact that these 
these laws are really outdated mm. as far as home affairs <laughs> laws and yeah. um and the process is so slow i think maybe understaffed which could go back down to corruption i'm not sure yeah. but um it needs a, a revamp because yeah. people only care because of this situation but imagine all the people who n- no one ever even wants to hear on the radio what's mm-hmm. happening with their citizenship. And, and they had another thing like me where I'm pretty sure they just made an error mm-hmm. and we're just saying no to a ton of people that week. Um, yeah. Jeez. Yeah. And as, and as we wrap up, is there anything else you want to share with our audience? Anything upcoming? Anything that you just want us to know? Um, there's the foundation. There's the, yeah, baby. Juicy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's a, no, no. She sees a bug. Okay. <laughs> it's not really a bug. I think it's a cord. It's Lilita yeah. the bug. <laughs> she <laughs> she uh, is yeah. a Lilita bug. <laughs> she um, uh, loves South Africa. I love South Africa. Mm. Like, I feel like there's, if you ever find your group group of people that you really relate to, um, for me, it's been Zulu people, but I feel like it's good to pursue it and, and, and be in that environment um, no matter what it takes. So that yeah. actually kind of motivates me is to stay in this culture where I feel really loved and embraced. Um, coming up, <clears throat> the foundation, I said we're working on the Lindani Mianni Foundation, but I'm also writing a book, um, yes. which I've just finalized the chapters I'm su- submitting to um, the Penguin Publishers. They're wow. some of the biggest in South Africa. So hopefully... Hopefully Please come well. back when you publish that book. We Thank want the you. exclusive. Thank Please, <laughs> I, will, I will. We want because I know the media is going to go crazy when you drop that book. Mm. Um, and um, looking forward to seeing what's in it. I'm sure you you document the relationship. Yes, from the day we met in Durban, right down the street from here, yeah. <laughs> um, to our our whole love story um, from two different worlds, and how even though we're from opposite, literally the opposite side of the planet, yeah, we have so much in common, and and how love kind of makes boundaries go away makes uh, borders go away <laughs> right right you, you yeah that's amazing well Lindsay I can no. see you are momming big time we've got little baby Nandi here she is adorable literally looks I've never met her dad I've just seen pictures mm-hmm. and I can so see him in, in, in this beautiful little girl. Thank you so, so much for coming all the Thank way you. and chatting to us. And most importantly, for just being so open and um, just humble and just being yourself. And Thank you. I, I can't believe with everything you've been through and everything you experienced, you still seem to have so much love for people mm. and so much love, you know, for your kids and life. So oh, I really wish you. you all the best. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right. Well, there you have it, KZN. A uh, very, very special conversation with Lindsay Mieni. Um, she is the widow of uh, Lindani Mieni, who was killed in Honolulu. Carol Ofori, East Coast Radio. To listen to these moments and anything else you might have missed, go to ecr.co.za and click on podcasts.